<laughs> oh, that's going to come up a treat. I oh, said it off, off the top. This has the chance to just be anything, and it was. And welcome to the Empire Dynasty League podcast. We're back for another episode, and we're lucky enough again to be joined by Christopher Keane and Brody Hoddick. Welcome, boys. How are you? Afternoon, gentlemen. Good to be here. Looking forward to this one. Oh yeah, it is a uh, it's a very fun one that we've got on the cards today because it is the chance for a bit of a right of reply from the Sunny Weaver Junior Division. So, welcome to the Empire Dynasty League unnamed corporate sponsor podcast. Uh, it wouldn't be a podcast though if we didn't kick it off with the guess the song challenge. So, are we are we we've got our listening ears on, boys? Are we ready to go? Mm-hmm. Ready. All right. Hoddick, give us your thoughts. Well, Mariah Carey comes to mind. Scooter for me. Our very own Matt Sheen. And the similarities there are quite uncanny. She's an absolute head case. <laughs> Enough said. Uh, he lives in a very similar lifestyle to the rich and famous, I would have thought, at Bale Street, St Kilda. And if screwed out his time again, I think he probably would marry into money and get a bit of Jimmy Packer on his side. <laughs> that right? No, I, lo- I like where your head's at, but that's not it. Uh, Keeney, give us your thoughts. Who do you think it's about? That's not bad, Hod. I quite like that one. All right, it's a tough one, this one, because it could apply to quite a few members, I think, with uh, Mariah Carey and Fantasy. But I'm going to go with Mike, just the Mariah Carey MC sort of setup, you know, Mike Cummins, and the mm. fact that he might just be in a real sort of fantasy land at the minute after his beloved Demons just put one through the pies last night. He's, he's happy. All right. Of course, you have to bring the pies into it. It's not uh, Mike Cummins. I do like the cryptic nature of your one there, associating the initials. Uh, I was it was a bit more literal this week. Um, I picked a bloke who clearly lives in his own fantasy world, even within a fantasy league, and that has to be the general manager of the Dynasty Football Factory, an absolute fantasy factory that he has developed over the years in Steph. And the listeners, just stay tuned because will he ever live up to his fantasy name later in his right of reply? It's it's <laughs> one you can't miss. It is one for the ages. If we're ever going to give you a teaser in a podcast, it would have to be this one that we finish with uh, the Dynasty Football Factory right of reply, which is it, uh, it needs to be heard to be believed is all we can say about that. But uh, let's move into some NFL news because there's a few things going on at the moment. Um, Probably one of the biggest stories, especially now that we're launching into a dynasty league, is just the uh, the season of college football and the doubt that's been cast over that a little bit because we've got a few of the bigger divisions in the Big Ten and the Pac-12 that have both announced that they're going to postpone the uh, their fall season or autumn season. Um, but more positive, I suppose, is the SEC 
and the ACC and Big 12 have all sort of decided to push ahead. So I think with some divisions opting out and we'll have to wait and see what happens with their games, but it could make our redraft, our rookie draft, a bit interesting um, going into next season. So we'll have to, obviously, a lot to play out here, but just something that we'll keep an eye on. But I suppose uh, in the news that has a few members excited right now is... Um, Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. That's right. Here comes the money. That could only mean that a couple of big names, big tight ends have uh, signed some contracts. So we've got George Kittle, both the second round picks in our startup league. George Kittle signing a five-year, $75 million extension. Not bad in some COVID times to be just shoring up 75 mil into your bank account. And then uh, one, one signing here, an extension that got one league member very excited and decided to pew pew fire a few shots in the chat was uh, Kelsey signing a four-year $57 million extension, which keeps him now at the Chiefs until the ripe old age of 35. So a nice signing there uh, for Papa's second round pick. So I would be very excited too if I had Kelsey on my list getting that. How would you be being Mahomes' number one target, the man who makes him click, and you get one-tenth of the deal that Mahomes got. <laughs> You'd just be going, well, what am I doing here? Tight end, really? But uh, no, that's that's huge for not only um, Papa there, but also our very own Keeney. That's a very nice deal there for you, mate. And I am very excited with that five-year deal for George, which will take him to Kittle's age by the end of that contract, which is... As we've just seen this year, that could be another four years on top of that. So I'm looking forward to George for the next 10 years at the Grouse. <laughs> Very good there. Another shot fired for uh, the old age debate that we keep getting into. I can't wait till Papa gets on the show for his right of apply. I think firework, a bit of Katy Perry fireworks might be firing off in that episode. <laughs> that could be a bit of a teaser to what the song is for that week. Um, but while we're talking about deals, I suppose there is a scooter out there who's who's just patiently waiting, hoping for a little alert to pop up on his sleeper about Dalvin Cook. And there is no new deal for Dalvin Cook, unfortunately. But I suppose in positive signs there, he's come out and expressed how much he would like to remain a Viking. So I guess a bit of time before uh, that deal is to get done and we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. And probably just to round out the NFL news, uh, one that we've kind of just thrown in there to, to get a... A bit of a reaction from some members. John Gruden has just come out and he is he likes what he sees with Marcus Mariota on that uh, Las Vegas Raiders offense. So maybe a bit of nervous times for the OJ Simpson's legal team that just picked up a Derek Carr. Uh, or maybe it's just a bit of preseason fluff that we're used to every year and how everyone's training the house down and looking impressive. And we know John Gruden is the ultimate salesperson. So for all we know, he's probably just pumping up his stocks there. I'll tell you who did look impressive today was the newly signed uh, nose tackle for the Packers, Kenny Clark. But he was, it was weird. He was rocking a number 28 jersey there, a, <laughs> a running back number. What's the go with that, Keedy? He's a big boy, AJ, isn't he? That's pretty sharp from you, actually. <laughs> He's got some big thighs, little Saquon-type setups just from the waist down. I'm, I'm pretty excited by my two young strapping running backs. 
don't know if you can put him in the same physique as Saquon. It's a bit more on the uh, cheeseburger <laughs> Eddie side. I'd have him <laughs> than the Saquon side. But let's move to some uh, EDL news here. And probably the, the biggest story was the fab resetting in our waiver wire. And, and the only person to put in a fab uh, bid on that last day with $98 up his sleeve, ready to be reset, was a $5 bid from Jim. <laughs> So it's not really news. It was just more of a funny observation that had $98 to throw it. I can't remember who he picked up. Someone, some wide receiver. Uh, threw $5 at him. Just played it safe. With I think that. it was Malik Turner from the Packers. There you go. Just another Packers player for Jim to add in there. All right, with that out of the way now, I think we will uh, we'll get ready for to hear from the big Jim City himself. So... Uh, where uh, we'll bring the boys from the Sunny Weaver Junior Division on the line. Okay, we're going to welcome a, our first ever guest onto the podcast uh, in the history of podcasts here. And we are delighted to be welcomed by the general manager of the Jim City Stallions. Welcome, Jim. Welcome. How are we? We're pretty good, mate. How are you traveling? Good, good. Just sitting in the man cave, just waiting for the... Uh, the hod seat to commence. The hod seat. Oh, oh. Love it. <laughs> the hod seat. Can I... Jim, Jim City Stallions, have I missed something here? Uh, it was... I saw Ben's name and then I saw Sim City and I went, that's me. I'm Jim City. So right. that was... You put two and two together and that was it. Beautiful. Bit of plagiarism to start the league. I love it. A real humdinger of a name. <laughs> All right, welcome on the line, Jim. Uh, while we've got you here, let's start us off with we've had our say on your team. You've had to sit there yep. and listen. Uh, this is your right of reply. Let's give us your thoughts on our review of your team. I thought it was pretty accurate, to be honest. Um, fair assessment. I think I drafted pretty well for a one- to two-year window uh, with some insurance to take me forward with a slew of draft picks for next year. So uh, all in all, pretty good. Um, Weakness is definitely my depth in the quarterback position uh, and you highlighted that pretty accurately. So uh, I thought it was a very fair assessment. Yeah, Jim, uh, probably my, my biggest question is um, love for you to, to um, take the listeners through kind of what your strategy was maybe before the draft started. Um, yep. As a lot of us know, you kind of did a few interesting things by trading out um, of the startup a couple of times to, to grab yep. some future picks. So was that always part of the plan or was that kind of um, on the run you were changing strategy? And um, so just talk us through kind of what your thoughts were um, going into it. Yeah, so my strategy was to, um, to, to build a win now list. Um, and in saying that, make sure that I had the insurance for the next couple of years uh, or the next year with some, uh, some draft picks there. Um, so for me... Uh, especially the way it, it turned out, I think um, I think I played it pretty well. I didn't need those those middle uh, or early to middle picks. Um, I picked up the two solid running backs that I wanted to with my first two uh, in Jacobs uh, and um, and Henry. Because um, last year Kamara burnt me uh, and Cook was a concern with his holdout. Uh, so yeah, my logical choice was to go with Jacobs. Um, and then the the way the rest of the draft fell after uh, when I got my when I was able to start uh, picking again, uh, I thought it worked out really well for me. I got a, a few good solid wide receivers um, and I got some solid quarterbacks despite not getting the depth that I wanted. Um, 
but yeah, so next year I've got, uh, I think it's two firsts, two seconds and two thirds, uh, which I can use to either draft or package away throughout the season. Very good. Uh, see, this is already offering value having the guests on because we, we can analyse everyone's draft and teams from a neutral point of view, but you've already alluded there, Jim. There's an emotional decision there with Kamara. So that's something that we Correct. Don't, don't get into your head, um, obviously, like you would. So yep. that's, um, that's good insights there. But whilst we're, whilst we're on insights... Um, Let's just dive into some of the trades because you have been active. I think we've just counted 11 trades um, pre, during and post-draft. So very yeah. active on that front. Um, let's, let's dive into one of them. Talk yep. us through the trade with our very own Ben. Um, you'll have to refresh my memory because it was a little bit of while, like a while I can, ago. I can refresh it for you. I've got it here. Are we talking about the, pre, the pre-draft trade pod? Uh, that that involved um, Jim. You got a ninth round, a tenth round, and my future third, and I got yep. your fifth round selection of that. Yep. Uh, what swayed me was the future third, um, and to be honest, I was getting a bit trade happy at one point with the uh, the inactivity of some of the other league members that uh, shall remain nameless. So uh, I, I was fielding a lot of offers, and I was accepting quite a few of them, and then. I think there was one point when I said, nah, this is enough. I have to stop there. So that trade uh, with yourself, Ben, I, I wanted the third round pick for next year. I uh, was happy to get rid of the fifth because there wasn't anyone of real interest uh, for me to go for. Um, so, yeah, I was happy with that. Uh, so there you go, ladies and gentlemen. He's had that many trades. We've had to scramble to get the trade up and just revisit it for <laughs> all of us to even know. <laughs> um, yeah. Now... Your, I, I got a bit of FOMO, I must admit. I saw everyone's targeting Jim with pre-draft trades and I'm like, I'm not having this. So yep. I stepped in and I took on, I took your third round pick, yep. which was the 307, was it? 307. Um, yep. And I gave you the seventh rounder, uh, my seventh rounder, along with my future first and third pick of next year. So when I came to you, um, because I'm so easy to deal with with trades, what's, what were your initial thoughts? <laughs> uh, I mean, from memory, you offered me those two future selections and that was really what sold it. So um, again, uh, going back to a win now strategy for this year, um, but with the added insurance of making sure that I, uh, uh, I was able to have... Um, you know, some extra picks for next year that I can, I can package away or I can uh, use for next year. So yeah, that was again, probably, probably trade happy still, but um, at the same time, I was happy with getting some of those futures back. Loves to pull the trigger out, Jim here. Keeney, you had something? I don't know about you guys, but I always, I, I found the most difficult thing to judge um, was the future, was the value of those future picks, um, especially in a startup um, draft and kind of where that sat in in relation to the value of a startup pick. I thought that was interesting how different teams um, valued those future selections, whether it's a first or a second or a third. We obviously don't know where they sit right now, um, so we're only kind of speculating there. But just I, I just found it really difficult 
um, to, to work out the value. And, and it just showed like different people, obviously you, Hod, you're happy to trade that first rounder out. Jim was really happy to get the first rounder. So just some yeah. uh, pretty interesting, the different strategies. Yeah, so on that, I just think that uh, in a dynasty league anyway, that it's quite integral to make sure you have some high early future picks. Uh, I know that we'd be picking from obviously the draft order that occurs um, throughout the NFL draft. Um, and I think quarterbacks especially go quite early in that, especially if there's uh, some talent. So like, for example, Trevor Lawrence is probably touted to go number one next year. Um, so for me, especially with some um, de- uh, lack of depth in the quarterback position, having a few f- f- uh, future first rounders and second rounders and whatnot uh, gives me some flexibility for the next few years. And, um, uh, and yeah, like for a dynasty anyway, I think it's, it's a, a good idea to have uh, some insurance on your, on your hands there. Yeah, um, I think it's a good point you brought up there, Keeney, because definitely with pre-draft trading, I think that is very relevant. As the draft was sort of going on, I was sitting there um, not tr- not trading too much, and then I started analysing some of those trades now that you can see what sort of players are unfolding in those positions. So if we looked at, you know, your Joe Burrow would probably be your 101 in a rookie draft this year or close to it, um, top three maybe, and he went um, in the fourth, fifth rounder. So you could sort of start sort of start painting that picture as to when they were going during the draft and then definitely post. Um, last one for me, Jim. Uh, when did you decide to trade up for Matt's first round pick? Well, Matt came to me. Um, of course he did. With his, with his first round option. And I'm pretty sure it was to go into the second uh, from memory. Um, I thought considering I gutted a lot of that early uh, to middle draft order that it was probably a wise move to move forward. Um, and make sure that I got some, or a high quality pick at that point. Um, I'll be honest, when I got the pick, I didn't know what to do with it, as I think I tried to on-forward it to you, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I freaked out and spent 45 minutes trying to work out who to pick. <laughs> so uh, after I, I settled a bit and I decided to analyse uh, who was available, Derek Henry was my uh, obvious choice, uh, and, and that's who I, I settled on at the time. Excellent. I'll, I'll, it's probably one of the few times I'd say that someone has traded up and then not known what to do once they successfully traded it. But you did. You got your pick in there. You've you've got the man that you like. Just out of interest, because Matt turned your second round pick into Miles Sanders, who is a Philly boy, who's got a lot of upside. Yep. Would you have been happy with Sanders, or are you much happier with Henry on your roster? Look, I would have been happy with either, but at the same time, Derek Henry was the leading rusher last year. Um, so to move up and, and, and get uh, last year's leading rusher in a heavy or run-heavy offense uh, was, was something that I was very happy with. So uh, I think it worked out to my benefit in the end, um, despite the panic. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that worked out really well. Um, I think I'm coming more and more around to Henry. Um, just been listening to a few things lately and how consistent he was last year, and I don't think anything changes, is the focal point of that offence. Just how consistent he was um, in terms of how often he doesn't bust for your team. And that's what you want in your top-end picks. You just want safety. Um, So I think you you nailed that pick once you landed on him, Jim. Yeah, 45 minutes later. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, we'll keep moving here. 
Our next question was around Superflex, but I think you kind of answered it a little bit before during your draft strategy with your draft picks. So obviously you've gone in with a two quarterback approach in a league where you can be playing two quarterbacks. So it sounds like you're sort of banking on getting your depth at QB through the draft next year. And you've got plenty of draft picks. I think you've got two firsts, two seconds, three thirds and a fourth. So plenty of draft stock up your sleeve there that you could be putting into uh, quarterback picks. So yeah, I guess what's your plan if let's say one of those QBs goes down with an injury this year? Yeah. Well, I definitely underrated the super flex position this year. I think Um, going into this draft, I didn't have quarterbacks as high as, um, as, as, as I did or as other people did, for example, like Kyler Murray went in the second round um, and I thought, Oh, I can still hold here and I'll still be able to get some decent, like three or four quarterbacks onto my list. Um, but then I think around the fifth or sixth round, we had a run of like 12 quarterbacks that went and I jumped at the chance to make sure I got Rogers and then um, Cousins at the time because I just didn't see myself getting any quarterbacks after that. So um, it didn't play out as well as, the, like as, as I thought it would play out. I thought that uh, a lot of running backs would go a little bit later and I was able to hold on that. Um, but um, but yeah, look, it didn't work out. So having those extra draft um, selections will help me with the depth uh, for the next year. And, and look, in saying that, there might be somebody that might want to trade for some of those if they're not, they're not performing very well. And I might be able to pick up a young um, established quarterback uh, going forward. Now, Jimma, let's move yeah. this along to just the pick that you were most happy with. The one where you thought, yep, that's the guy I wanted. Or maybe it was best value. But um, looking through your draft, what's the, what's the pick you love the most? I've got two. Um, so I'm really, really high on Gordon this year, on Melvin Gordon. Uh, I think he'll be huge in the Denver offense. Uh, and I'm confident that he'll, uh, he'll be the three-down back over Philip Lindsay. Um, and I'm also really happy to get Keenan Allen when I did. So Keenan Allen, over 1,000 uh, yards last year and probably one of their their poorer offences over the last, you know, five or so years. Um, and to get him in the, uh, in the late or in the, sixth I think round. it was mid, yeah, sixth round um, was huge for me. I thought that was, I thought he was a steal, to be honest, at that point. I don't know what others, others thought, but, um, you know, like a lot of people would have gone uh, some really good wide receivers early, but to get, yeah, Keenan Allen in the sixth is, is great for me. Yeah, and and Keenan Allen's an interesting one, just with a few rookies going around him. So it's kind of placing those rookie receivers next to an established vet slash high producer. We know what we're going to get from Keenan Allen every year. Like you look yeah. at guys like Rager, Marquise Brown, um, Justin Jefferson. These guys all kind of went around the same mark. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'm a fan of Keenan Allen too. I reckon he's a very good player and he's pretty safe and um, a high producer. So, yep, I'd agree with that. Yep. Get some serious... Get some serious biceps with that pick as well. Whew. You do. <laughs> You've seen Hard Knocks. You know what I'm talking about. Really? Oh, right. how, how have you seen Hard Knocks there, Benny? Mine, mine's not renewing. Must be because I have an Aussie bloody license or something. I'm based in India. Did I not tell you that these days? <laughs> <laughs> the, the Coley City Lions is. Um, and I think spot on there with Jim with Keenan Allen. He's probably one we all underrate and he's in that weird zone where he's, he's a prover, but we just don't know about this offense. But a wide receiver yep. one in the last three seasons is pretty safe. 
Um, and to get him as your first is pretty good. Um, last one, Jim. Yep. Uh, where do you think you'll finish in your division this year? Mate, I'm going all the way. <laughs> no, you know, in all honesty, I think I can definitely challenge for the division title. Uh, again, if a if a quarterback goes down, then I, I'm I'm sure that uh, things will change. But I, I do I am quite high on my team, and I do think that um, I can definitely challenge yourself there, Hod, for the uh, the division title and potentially the uh, the dynasty uh, Super Bowl. Beautiful, excellent. I love the confidence, Jim. I think that's the best way to approach it. I think you've uh, you've got an interesting team filled with some proven players and then you've also got some draft picks up your sleeve to launch into uh, rebuilding at any point or getting in some youth as well. So we've loved having you on, mate. Uh, thanks for being our first guest ever on the pod and we hope that uh, you've enjoyed having your chance to give your sort of thoughts and say on the team. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Just quickly before I go, you'll find this real funny, but I just got a text message from uh, another un- unnamed league member uh, about another trade. <laughs> oh, go on. Shame give us, shame, Jim. Give, give us some juice. We need nah, some nah, nah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll keep them discreet. But in saying that, uh, I haven't had a look at it yet, but you know what, what I'll do? I'll, I'll certainly field it. So. <laughs> Is he in your division? No. Have you traded oh, yeah. with him already? Oh, that doesn't narrow it down. Yes. Now, that narrows it down to about <laughs> nine blokes. And you know the rules. You know the rules, Jim. If it's Tim, say no. Yeah, Matty absolutely. Mac. Yeah. Matty Mac. It may or may not be another commission of another league. Yes. <laughs> the fact that uh, the fact that Keeney and I are on here busy doing the pod with you kind of narrowed it down, but that's that's <laughs> a juicy that's a juicy way to finish up uh, having you on the on pod, you, mate. Thanks, mate. Like Cheers. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Cheers. We will get you quickly back to the rest of the team's right of replies for this division, but here is a quick word from our sponsor. Time moves pretty fast these days. It's not always easy to keep up with the latest updates on every app, device, or piece of software that you own. But when you find yourself designing your team logo in the same version of Microsoft Word that you used to write your Grade 5 assignment on Wales, you're in need of help. Don't punish yourself. The modern world is a scary place. It's okay to need assistance, and Papa Mike's IT services are here to help. From switching on your computer, to plugging in a mouse so you can respond to trade requests, we do the things you can't. Papa Mike's is a subsidiary of our unnamed corporate sponsor. Okay, we've got our second call-in guest ever on the pod, uh, the next division member of the Sunny Weaver Junior Division. We've got... The general manager of the San Diego Demons. Welcome, Camo. How are you, mate? Oh, pleasure to be here, boys. Thanks for having me on. No, it's our pleasure to have you on. Mate, we're very excited because I actually think we've got the, the number one ticket holder of our podcast online here. He's one of our <laughs> biggest fans, biggest supporters, so I'm excited to have him on. Now, you've obviously listened to all our sharp work and um, obviously the review of your division and your team specifically. Um, so question to you is how did you think uh, our thoughts on your team went and did you agree with kind of how we broke your team down? Yeah, overall I did. Um, Ooh. Ooh. We, we really wasn't much that I could argue with from the team breakdown. I think probably my biggest gripe though was where you boys felt I stood in my division overall. 
that was probably the biggest surprise to me. Well, I can't really comment here, but, but you too? What do you think of that? Well, you heard my uh, prediction for where I'm going to finish, so clearly I'm delusional when it comes to, <laughs> to division <laughs> predictions. Um, I think this is a common theme, though, guys. I think two from two, our... Two from two from the guests just saying, hold on, I'm going to win the division here. It's true. <laughs> so it's interesting just to see how that plays out. I think, uh, yeah, it's it's a simple numbers game. So at the moment, we've got three members of the division all thinking they're winning it. And I'm sure when we interview the next bloke, he'll probably say that he's a shoo-in. Well, no he, he lives Without in a fantasy a world. Um, no, but it's a fair point. I mean, you clearly were, I'd argue, the most aggressive person in the draft because you made that big move to get two QBs. So, uh, you know, clearly you're going in for, for winning this division and taking the season out. So that's no, a to, fair critique. To be fair, Camo, I'm the only one of these pod members that had you as the dark horse. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah, very smart it. move. <laughs> Just butter, buttering up an that. opponent oh, there, isn't he? <laughs> he is. All right. Um, so, what, Camo? Uh, what was your strategy in the lead up to the draft, and then did this change at any point during or after? Certainly did. I think I came into this draft obviously first time dynasty player, and I had about twelve plans that I was thinking which one will execute. And in the end, I tried to hedge my bets and execute about eight of them. And unfortunately, probably didn't execute any of them in the end. <laughs> Now, I just want to quickly touch on, um, you obviously had the, the 102, so pick two in the startup draft. Now, yes, the cannery early, like I, there are a lot of people in the league thought Barkley was a lock there at two, but you um, surprised quite a few taking Mahomes there. Was that always the plan or how close was it? No, it wasn't close at all. I would have taken Mahomes 101 overall. No doubt. Nice. No doubt. Yeah, it's super flexed. And QBs, obviously, as we all know, it's long. If you want long-term sustained success, you need those pillars locked in. And that that was that was my thoughts going into the into the draft. And that was probably why I was disappointed when Jason Collette let me down in the uh, race for the number one pick, because I would have <laughs> slept a lot easier for the next six weeks if I knew I had one hundred and one <laughs> locked in and had my boy Mahomes locked in. But uh, yeah, I had to wait right up until draft night. Sleeping easy is not what I did because I you, you had me fooled. I thought you, <laughs> when we were talking about moving up, you wanted to move up one spot to the 101. You said to me, well, it's down to two. And my mind didn't even fluctuate. I thought it was just C-Mac <laughs> or Barkley. And this whole time you were going on Mahomes. Yeah, at the at the time, I, I suppose I was thinking, would it be Mahomes? Would it be C-Mac? But no, it was, it was, it was definitely Mahomes for me. Awesome. Benny? Well, uh, yeah, I think that it's interesting because there's clearly two frames of thinking about this super flex. We've got a camp of people who strongly believe in shoring up that quarterback position and others who, you know, sort of let that position fall a bit and and uh, were waiting for sort of picks to fall around them. So it's interesting. That's You're another person, Camo, that we can add into the same camp that Keeney and I are in and Hod's in the other camp with a few other blokes as well. So good to hear your thoughts and your thinking on that because I probably in your position would have taken Mahomes as well at that spot so it's an interesting way of looking at it um in your draft so we've spoken about how you traded up in the first round but another trade that 
was interesting is another one, you know, Hod just spoke about you guys discussing a move at the 101-102, but in the 12th round, you swapped or you moved back a spot with Hod. Um, Because I think the news broke about Tevin Coleman. Do you want to give us your thoughts about was, was Tevin Coleman ever on your radar or were you quite happy to move back one spot and get literally anything for it? Yeah, so it was nice to wake up and I had two notifications. One, I was on the clock and one, Raheem Mostert, was planning on requesting a trade. So two bits of good info for me. Um, My thoughts were I wasn't that keen on Coleman to begin with and I didn't think Mostert was going anywhere else. Um, He kind of fits best at the 49ers, so I didn't expect a trade to go down. So I didn't think Coleman's value was going to increase as much as what others may have. So... I was happy to move that pick. And at the time, I think I only had 24 picks out of the 25 rounds. So I was really keen just to get another pick inside so that I had my 25 squad locked in. Um, so that, that was sort of my thoughts around that. And I didn't really want to trade with a division rival, but at the end of the day, um, you know, he was the one of the main people sending me messages to request the trade. And I didn't want to hold up the draft. So I was happy to make the move. Yes, this and these messages were on the sleeper app, which is very difficult to <laughs> notify. So I said to come on, mate, here's the mobile number. All communication is through here from now on. From now on. Yeah, let's be professional about this. Now, Camo, obviously the big move of the um, first round was you coming up to take Deshaun Watson. Now, we know you value the QB position highly, obviously because of this trade, but also taking Mahomes at the 102. Now, if Watson was off the board there, you've still got Prescott Murray. Would you have done that deal still, valuing QB? Yes. No, the answer is yes. Look, I think you blokes have probably worked out now. I do have a problem. I do have an addiction, and it's quite clear that it is to trading. So, Kenny, you and I had sort of discussed making that trade and that was when I didn't know if I was getting Mahomes at 102 or not I thought if he does go 101 um, then would I take Jackson or would I take CMC and I was kind of thinking if I take CMC there then I can trade with you for the eighth pick so when I got Mahomes I kind of probably didn't need to make that trade but the fact was I just love trading so when the offer was still there I thought ah let's do it because I did have Watson, Murray and Prescott all on about the same level same tier, and I don't like taking the first player off out of the tier, but in this case, I just wanted to make a trade, to be honest. So, Wrong. took the opportunity. You do. You said that you, uh, you're you clearly addicted to trading, so I'm anticipating that I'm going to get another 32 messages throughout the year about you inquiring about <laughs> Justin Herbert. Cause, uh, no doubt. Since the draft, that's all you seem to be asking me about these days. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I'm very keen on trading. Very keen on the charges, it seems, too. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, a nice little segue from the trading is just what you've done post-draft, Camo, which is um, what we'd like you just to talk us through a little bit here. So you've obviously, I wouldn't say neglected wide receiver, but um, you probably took some other positions ahead of wide receiver in the draft. But post-draft, you've brought in... Um, three younger wide receivers, McCole Hardman, Terry McLaurin, which we're, I think we're all pretty high on, and Mike Williams. Um, do you want to talk us through kind of the thinking behind doing that? Yeah, for sure. So, as I said, I wasn't real happy with the way I drafted in that I had quite a few different plans and didn't really execute any of them. And 
looking at my squad, it wasn't very balanced. I had uh, probably more running back depth than wide receiver. And obviously we need to start, potentially start more wide receivers than running back. So I really just wanted to balance out my squad. Um, and as a result, brought in those, those wide receivers. They are all young and, you know, my squad's not as young as Benny's, obviously, but I do want <laughs> success and I want sustained success. No one. So there's no that. point. <laughs> so there's no need to uh, bring in any older guys. Just one of those young white, wide receivers. Slot them in and see how we go. Nice. That's a common myth about my team being the youngest, isn't it, Hod? Who, who does, in fact, have the youngest squad? I think it's Keeney, isn't it? Put me on the spot here, but I think it's pretty tight there. And, yeah, he's thrown out the, sh- the Cubs, um, but Keeney might have a bit of a younger squad there. So yeah, I think there's a little bit of deflection going on from Keeney every time he uh, throws me under the bus of that young squad. Um, interesting that in your move to shore up the... Um, to shore up your wide receivers there, you did get rid of a really young running back that is highly touted in Cam Akers. Were you, were you happy to get rid of him or was that a bit, um, were you a bit torn to throw him in the trade for McLaurin? Yeah, it wasn't my initial, um, wasn't in my initial trade request, uh, Akers. However, he was sort of a trading chip, I suppose, on my team. Um, in that he probably did have more value than uh, most. So I, I did understand you've got to give something to get something. Um, and Akers had to make way for, to get that, that wide receiver into the, into the squad. Certainly wasn't my plan at the start, though. No, correct. Plus the, plus the factory second rounder, which for me is close to a back-end first. I think Good it's bet. a taste. <laughs> Thanks, Kenny. I don't have the first round pick for quite a while, so happy to have the 13th pick. Nothing wrong with that, Camo. Nothing wrong with that at all. (laughs) It's funny you bring that up, Camo, because your 2021 and 2022 first round picks are actually in this conversation right now. They just happen to be on mine and Kenny's list. Exactly right. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I suppose that's part of maybe why my division prediction didn't have you as a winner of Dark Horses, because I'm hoping that uh, you don't do too well in that first round pick. Turns into a nice asset uh, in the, for in the lotto. So your own interest, Ben. Exactly, exactly. All right, let's uh, let's start to wrap it up a bit. And I guess just overall, what was the pick in the draft that you were most happy with? Yeah, look, this was hard, hard to uh, hard to pick just the one. Um, if oh. I could go through a couple, it'd be Gallup <laughs> oh. in the ninth, uh, Josh Kelly in the thirteenth, Dean Thomas in the fourteenth. Obviously, Mahomes in the first. I could probably keep going, but that's probably oh. enough for now. Really? It's not Jared Stidham in the 18th? You're not... <laughs> he, was, he was next. That was my fifth favourite, probably. Wasn't Antonio Gates in the 27th? <laughs> oh my no. No, no. Could be added, though, during the season, if needed. He's the size of a fridge. But he'll, he'll be right. <laughs> Might head to um, the Colts. Yes. Big, big filthy. Um... If you had your time again, Camo, uh, would you do anything differently in the draft? Yeah, if I had my time again, I wouldn't, wouldn't have traded. So I would have stayed exactly where I was um, and just picked from that spot the whole way through. Um, the whole way through? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's going to be my golden rule going forward. No more trading draft picks. <laughs> Don't think it ends well for me. I can't wait till five minutes after this podcast when you execute a trade. 
But in saying that, his post-draft trading has been quite good, um, I will add. That is a complete complete fabrication, Camo. You will be trading non-stop through the year. (laughs) Wouldn't mind copying a couple of uh, trade requests sent my way, Uh, league mates listening to this. Haven't yeah, right. uh, really received too many. Right. I'll put in a dish, request dish from the homes. <laughs> you never know, mate. <laughs> now, I think you've been very honest on this podcast just with your ability to reveal the addictions and coming <laughs> forward and knowing yourself really well. <laughs> now, I want you to be very honest with us now. And that is finally, where do you think you will finish in this division? First. No, I said be honest. Come on. <laughs> I, said, I said first and... I'm just looking through my squad and my division rivals. I reckon maybe in 2037, I might lose my first division title. (laughs) Well, speaking of addictions, we've failed to mention the alcohol that you're on right now. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. I can't wait for this division to play out because everyone is just dead set that they have it in the bag. So... There's going to be uh, plenty of tears in this division when there is an eventual winner. We'll have to just wait and see who it is. Thanks, mate, for uh, for coming on today and being part of this. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on and your honesty, as Keeney pointed out. And uh, we hope that you've enjoyed your time on here too. Thanks for having me on, boys. Loving the podcast. Keep up the good work. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Catch up. And we are now welcomed by the man, the myth, the legend that is the general manager of the Dynasty Football Factory. Welcome to the podcast, Steph. How are you, mate? Thanks for having me, boys. And there's no myth behind this. I'm just a legend. There's two questionable parts to that, the man and the myth. (laughs) Certainly not a legend. Exactly. Well, thanks for jumping on there, Stefan. Um, It's been... Two hard acts to follow, actually. You're the third member to jump on as a guest. And the first two have been pretty placid. And I think this one could get out of control. So <laughs> let's um, let's kick it underway. We've obviously reviewed your team. This is your right of reply. So what are your thoughts on our reviews? Oh, look, I've really enjoyed your reviews. I thought they were quite straight down the line. Um, very open. Very honest. And, uh, yeah, um, what would you like to know? Well, everything. What were, when you were listening to it, driving to... Well, you're not driving anywhere at the moment, but as you were listening to the review of your team and what, and what we were saying, um, what did you think? Did you agree? Did you disagree? I think you would have disagreed with most, but what do you, what do you reckon? Oh, I think you were pretty spot on. I think... Uh... I think I've drafted a, uh, a, really, a really balanced team with, with youth on my side. I went into the draft with a, with a mindset to be able to compete now and not jeopardise my future. So I wanted to go uh, into the draft and bring in running back heavy team, which I did. And um, look, I knew running backs were, were a scarce commodity. So I went in and drafted three elite backs to, to start the draft in Joey Mixon, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Jonathan Swift. And, yeah. <laughs> Did you give him a new first Jonathan name? 
No, no, okay, okay. But beyond right swing. Nice to Jonathan. Yeah. Pretty, pretty popular comparison. Oh, goodness. Strong management early from the DFF just to really know all their actual members of the squad. Not sure how that's going to go down. Um, let's just move on. Let's move on, Steph. So one of the most shocking events of the whole draft was the fact that there was a trade that pinged through about three weeks, three weeks before the draft got underway. And little lo and behold, Steph's involved in a trade. We couldn't believe it. Now, Flawed. was that part of your strategy going into the draft to, to move some uh, startup assets to the future? Um, and kind of just talk us through what your strategy was before entering this dynasty draft. Like I said, my, my strategy was to get elite talent and to be able to compete for years ahead. So I didn't actually entertain that uh, that trade. That actually got brought to my attention by Mr. Uh, Mr. Jake. So he offered me, uh, I think it was a, a third to go to a ninth and then I get his first round next year. So I thought, Having two first-round picks next year, would I'd be able to uh, have some strong assets moving into next year's draft. I see some quite good talent in next year's draft through running backs and uh, a really strong quarterback and some great wide receivers coming through. So I thought, you know what, if I can stack up on some talent now, get some uh, some talent moving into 2021, uh, I think I'll, it'll put me in good stead. So it wasn't something that I wanted, like that I initially thought to, I was going to do. But you know, the offer was there, and I, I entertained it. Excellent. That's uh, that's some nice insight there from you, Steph. Um, I suppose the the thing that shocked everyone who has been part of the two minute drillers is that you have spent several years in redraft leagues, just never really even entertaining a trade in that. So was it the fact that the future talent coming through the likes of um, the likes of these quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence. I know you're, you're quite a big fan of in the chat. You always used to talk about him whenever he was playing. So is it the likes of those players coming through that made you at least entertain a trade this time around? Correct. Yeah, I'm very, very high on, uh, on young Trevor. And there's, I think there's another LSU wide receiver, Jamar Chase, who I'm quite, quite, uh, big on as well which I which I wouldn't mind landing one, one of the two uh next year if I'm uh drafting that high but we'll, we'll wait and see but yeah they uh they definitely they definitely were part of the, the future keen invested division rival of yourself I'm I'm sensing a trend here are you alluding to anything is there a tank for Trevor or what, what are you getting at here there Stefan um I've only got two quarterbacks at the moment so if one of them goes down I think there will definitely be a, a tank for Trevor but we'll wait and see how the uh how the year unfolds there Hoddick and uh if I'm uh in in a, a a win now mode if I'm doing quite well then I might not be able to get my hands on him but we'll, we'll wait and see what happens I'm not, I'm not too sure how uh how some of my young backs are going to go so but yes, I definitely, I definitely do need a uh, a quarterback. So, yeah, I appreciate your honesty there, mate. Um, just with your running backs, you've gone and 
you've done another unthinkable. You, you first of all traded in the first place and to the rest of us, we thought that was unthinkable, but then you did what none of us thought you would do. And you traded your boy, scary Terry away after the draft, you had him in your grasp and you got rid of him for a young cam acres. So did you entertain that trade or did Camo come to you and ask for Scary Terry? Ah, Mr. Camo came to me. So pretty much Terry McLaurin was virtually untouchable at my point of view uh, due to his age and his output in as a wide receiver one in yep. his year one um, of his pro campaign. But ha- however, I got a deal I just could not refuse. Akers and Dervinay, who, uh, who brings me back some wide receiver talent in the addition of Dervinay. And uh, in, my, in my opinion, I think uh, Cam Akers will be the Rams' lead back. And I think he will be uh, RB1 in that offense. Uh, I think you could just see how much Sean McVay liked to use, to use Gurley at his, uh, at his peak. And I think uh, Cam can get up to that level. Um, they've got a good coach, obviously. I've just stated that. And uh, bringing in Akers gives me some great flexibility at running back so he's 21 years of age so is my boy deandre swift so is clyde with edwards hilaire so you know i've got i've got assets to move there if need be he's really uh really soaking up the airtime here to just <laughs> tell us about every one of his plays he's got there um we've touched on running back we've touched on wide receiver let's get your thoughts on the uh, the domain position, if you like, in a super flex format, but quarterback and the super flex. How have you seen that play out so far in our first dynasty campaign step? Well, look, I like the uh, the two quarterback op- options. So the quarterback is the most most important position in an NFL team, and now this two quarterback or super flex with having the quarterback in there. It makes the quarterback the most important position in a fantasy in our fantasy league as well. So I didn't load up on quarterback enough, um, so I could be in a bit of trouble there if I get an injury at QB one or QB two. But yeah, I, th- I think it's uh, it's a it's a very important asset and a very important position to draft highly on. I didn't like I said I didn't I didn't get in enough in my opinion enough quarterback depth, but there is uh, always there is, is always room to be able to do so. So I've uh, instead went heavy in in the running back and wide receiver position and tight end. Um, but you know, we'll wait and see how that pans out for me. Interesting. It's interesting that you say um, that you like the fact that Superflex brings a bit of the real world into fantasy because you seem like a, the type of operator that just likes to live in a pure fantasy world. So it's, it's interesting <laughs> that you wanted to bring a bit of real life into your fantasy world there, but um, Pod, what were your thoughts? Oh, no, I was just, I was just going to touch on, um, I think Steph's not alone there and a lot of people have um, gone with a similar, maybe redraft approach to uh, the Superflex League and taking quarterback later um, than some who have adapted. So I definitely don't think he's alone there. Righto, Steph, here we go. Here's the main stuff. I want to hear from you which player you thought was the most exciting pick, the best pick, the best value out of your squad. Was it Jordan Swift in the fourth? I know it's DeAndre Swift. Jordan? It's Jonathan. 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 Jonath
No, it wasn't. It Love wasn't it. me, boy. It wasn't me, boy DeAndre. I did rate him highly. The best, my best pick, in my opinion, and the happiest pick I uh, executed on that draft was Mr. C E H, the hyphen Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Uh, first running back taken in the draft, in uh, in obviously in the real draft, and uh, he's just he's joined a high-powered offense that will uh, that will defenses will be looking to stop Mahomes, Kelsey Hill, etc. He had 1,800 yards and 15 touchdowns last year at LSU. So, and he's going right now, uh, pick five ADP in most uh, most new fantasy drafts. So. Yeah. Is, uh, is there any recency bias with this answer? Oh. Would this have changed had he still been behind Damian Williams or would you still have been rubbing your chub? I'd still be, <laughs> I'd still be rubbing my chub, mate. I think he is a, <laughs> a definite superstar. Uh, he's got all the makings to be a superstar in that offense and I've got big, big hopes for him. Damian Williams. Big, all right. I like... Sorry, uh, <laughs> he's, he's commenting on your big chub again. Uh, I like uh, <laughs> I like that not only did you answer Keeney's question, but you also rubbed plenty of salt in the wound there by just reminding him that Damian Williams opted <laughs> out for the season. <laughs> so well played there, mate. Uh, look, I think you kind of touched on this already, but uh, if you had your time again, what would you do differently in the draft? Look, uh, if I had my time again in the draft, uh, what would I do differently? It's a good question. I would probably look at having a starting QB on my bench. So my third QB is Mr. Jacob Eason. Eason, is that right? Jacob mm-hmm. Eason? That's right. Yep. At the Colts. And he looks like he's going to be sitting behind um, filthy Philip Rivers for a couple of years, which isn't a bad thing. We've seen, you know, Rogers sit behind some good quarterbacks and you know develop. So I've got big, big hopes for uh for Mr. Eason, but he's going to take time. So I don't have, and I'll reiterate, I do not have a third quarterback that if one of my top two gets injured, to uh to plug and play. So it could could uh get me in a bit of strife, but you know time will tell. Well, it's not only if they get injured too. It's it'll it'll be interesting to see how everyone approaches these bye weeks, um, with not with having just the two quarterbacks. But um, sorry, we'll we'll kick on there. I've uh, I've looked at the schedule, mate, and I think one of my quarterbacks is on bye against you, Hoddick, which doesn't Ooh. make me happy. Uh, if oh, it, if it happens to be week eleven, I'll just give you the hot tip. That's when both Sam Donald and Jimmy Garoppolo are on bye, mate. So oh, the Dublay. Good luck fielding Jacob Eason as your quarterback for week 11. And who is, who is he playing week 11? I don't know that yet. Hold on, I'll get that going. I think it's Camo. Is it? But, but Steph, if you need to trade, mate, I've got a shit ton of QBs. I'm interested in your future picks. I think they could be really nice. So if you oh, need really? to trade a QB, come my way, mate. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll let you know. Let's, let's move on now. I want to know from you where you actually think you're going to finish in your division this year. But also, Timos has thrown out a bit of heat your way, saying he's already locked up the win in round one. It's 1-0. and He's moving on to week two. Can we get a respite from the DFF, please? Timos is all talk. He talks up a big game. He's 
just, just don't even listen to him. I'm going to absolutely obliterate him in week one. So <laughs> put it on the record. Tim McMahon. Mate, I'm obliteration is on the record. You are going to be 0-1. <laughs> you have just put it on the record. Can we get it on the record how to spell obliterate? <laughs> oh. Now, another question, Steph, is are you going to obliterate the rest of your division? For years to come. They don't call me the dynasty football factory for no reason, Keeney. That's an absolute obliteration. <laughs> oh. We've had a bit of a... The power's gone out here. The DFF comes on and we've lost... Absolutely lost it. Um, so, so, last thing, last thing here... Wait, am I answering the where am I oh, okay. the division question? Well, I don't know. Are you? Are you just cutting me off? Go. Go for it. Oh, not going to give you a finished spot, but what will I, what I will say is... The question... I'm not giving you a spot. Why not? I'm just going to say I'm going in with a win-now attitude. Even though I have a young roster, I'm confident I can do some damage in this division this year and next year and beyond. That's what I will say. There he is. But I'm not going to put it on record to say I'm going to finish first, second or third or fourth or whatever it is. No, they're the only four options. (laughs) There he is, ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, the legend, living up to his name. But uh, last question, we'll wrap it up because you've had far too much airtime. Insights into how you selected this glorious division, the Sonny Weaver Junior Division. You you were the team leader, the division leader, and you handpicked the three of us. How did you go about that? Very strategic, Cotty. Very strategic. And I'll start off with yourself. Love it. I went for, I'll, I'll pick you, I think I picked you second, but for very good reason. You're a competitive beast and nothing gets you worked up more than losing. So you hate losing and I know it. And what makes you even more angry is losing to me. Throwing controllers when we play PlayStation, <laughs> riding your bike home from pitch and putt on the 17th. It's just to name a few. <laughs> There's years of history here, Hoddick, and I couldn't resist <laughs> the chance of 10 more years of history. So you were really high up there on the list, mate. How does that make you feel? I want a response from you. And the host, the host, Steph, has turned it on us. Um, look, I, I know I, ha- I do hate losing. I, there is nothing more than I hate than that. And when you chose me for the division, believe me, I was a very happy man. So, but that's enough about me. Get on to the other division members. James. James Hansen. I picked James, a man I like to call Ashton for that exact reason. He doesn't score a lot of points. Plus, he's good value in the group. He's, uh, he should be fun to compete with over the years. And Mr. Camo, I went Camo because I wanted a newbie in the division. Didn't know much about him. He seems to have grasped the league pretty well. Loves a trade. May have even asked me about Jonathan Swift's services not too long ago as well. <laughs> so, uh, just to uh, put it out there. 
And for all those for all those listening at home, you missed the punchline with Jimmer. You call him Ashton because of that '70s show, because that's what he tends to score each week. So I'll just fill everyone in for that. <laughs> Chris, oh well, one of the uh, one of the greatest sledges I think that has gone down in our fantasy <laughs> the nickname Ashton, and it has stuck around. Well, look, mate, um, on the back of two pretty well. Uh, oiled and operated interviews you've come in and you have just absolutely turned this into madness so we wouldn't have had it any other way in your fantasy world and in our fantasy world he's absolutely obliterated it if if i will say (laughs) can i I just say that you know getting me on on your podcast the ratings will be up the sponsors will be coming and i I appreciate it I, i thank you for being for getting me on here and just let me tell you, I will win a title within the next 10 years. Guaranteed. Oh, okay. Wow. It's a bold claim there. It's a bit of a Gubby Allen yeah. type claim there. Um, but okay. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll, we'll have to wait just, 10 years. He's just told us he's in a win now mode and then he's just <laughs> yeah. shaking it up by going 10 years. But give me a decade. Ago, 10 minutes ago, he said he's tanking for Trevor Lawrence. So I don't know what it is. Hey. Who knows what to make of this interview? That's all I can say. Just lastly, lastly, thanks to WD40. You're a great, great sponsor of mine. Just a little, <laughs> uh, little shout out. All right. Now he's doing cross-promotional sponsorships <laughs> on our show. So on that note, we're going to get rid of you. Uh, thanks for coming on, mate. Thanks for giving us your, uh, your roller coaster thoughts and uh, for obliterating this interview, as Keeney put it. Thank you, mate. Great to do a Thanks, podcast mate. with podcast over and out. On you, Jono. <laughs> and there you have it. We've heard from all the boys in the division there. They've all come on, given their right of reply. Some a bit more measured than others, I guess we could say. Some uh, about as delusional as we thought they would be jumping on. And we're really just directing that at one person in that league there. But uh, how did we find that, boys? We, was it nice to get a bit of insight from the other division members today? Well, from for the other six league members listening in, wow, wait, have you got a bit to live up to after the, our last guest? <laughs> that, that is going to be hard to beat, I tell you, this year. I really enjoyed it. It's good to get their kind of point of view um, across. I did find it interesting that they're all pretty happy with where their squad sits, which is no surprise, and they all feel like they're right in contention in U1. Yes, hard act to follow. Um, the three of them, actually, it was it was a nice mix of, like you said, a, a measured reply and just a bloke who has no idea where where he is in life. But um, it's, it's exciting. I'm I'm excited to be a part of this division. Uh, it should play out to be pretty interesting for the rest of the year. But um, was awesome to have the boys on, and very much looking forward to everyone else having a dig at us. Absolutely. I think we'll potentially be some of the best viewing um, from an outsider looking into that division as the season goes on because it's an interesting group that we've got going on there. So uh, we'll leave you with a bit of a teaser for next week and that is that we will hear a bit of a right of reply from the Vontae Mac division. So looking forward to getting some of those boys on, I'm sure. We will get just as much uh, reactions out of them and just as much entertainment hearing their thoughts on there so thanks boys for another awesome podcast look forward to uh your thoughts next week love it see ya see you boys